I I'm kind of curious to know what your current situation is or, you know, your thoughts on, on dating or marriage, all of that good stuff. All of that good stuff. No, 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 <laughs> no. Hi everyone. I'm Sarah. And I'm Harley Bang Bang. And we have a really special episode in store for you guys today. We will let you in on a little behind the scenes secret in that we've already recorded it. (laughs) Um, But having seen how the episode turned out, I can confidently say that this is a really special episode. I think this is probably my favorite one yet. Um, And it's just, it it was so great. We put out a call on Twitter to have some guests come on and We received great response, but of the people we heard back from, we chose these three and and had each of them on and talked about a variety of topics. Yeah, I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. Um, This was kind of a new experience for us, you know, dealing with guests and recording at different times and stuff like that. Um, And I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but I think it turned out really well. And we hope to do this again in the future. So keep your eyes out for future Um, requests for participation for anyone who's interested (laughs) but um, we are really excited Um, the the three people we have on today um, talk about a lot of different things and I think share some similar perspectives and life experiences but also have some very different experiences and things to say so we're really excited Yeah, and just to give you a little sneak preview on what you can expect on this episode, we cover everything from dating as a single mother, dating in your 40s, dating as a divorcee, being polyamorous, and being a sex worker. So we feel like there's something in here for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess with that said, um, I will let HVB introduce our first guest to you. So first up, we have the amazing E.L. Byrne, who I first met through Twitter, and she is just an absolute breath of fresh air. She is so funny. She is so positive. I cannot wait to, to chat with you, E.L., and, uh, and see what you have to say. So hi, thanks for joining us. Hello. How are you? Uh, lovely. Thanks for having me, ladies. Anytime. So, so in terms of you, so this is primarily a dating podcast. We are both pretty single. <laughs> <laughs> not much, not much more to say there. How would you describe your current situation? I am partnered polyamorous. Okay. So I'm dating, but I have two partners. Okay. Do you wow. consider do you consider one like a primary partner or would you not say it like I that? I try to stay away from the the hierarchical that's a really terrible word to say language. Mm-hmm. Um, because also I consider myself a solo poly, so um, that's even a little different nuance. But as far as how the relationships look, one is definitely looks more traditional. Um, he's actually a monogamous man. Uh, and I spend a lot of time with him here in the United States. And then my other partner of in August, when I hopefully see him, fingers crossed, in Berlin, it'll be five years that we've been together. And I haven't seen him since November of 2019. 
My actually follow-up question was going to be how you navigated like being polyamorous during COVID and whatever, but I feel like that partly answers it. <laughs> yeah, one person is long distance. <laughs> yeah, one's long distance. And then I was during the beginning of COVID, I was actually living with um, my ex-partner in Colombia. And that was wow. really hard too, because you know, we had just started to live together and then I had had some surgery, so I wasn't really out and about dating or anything. And then we got locked down together and that didn't go so well, so. Uh, <laughs> wow. Do you think it's, uh, and I, I always wonder this with couples who I hear <clears throat> kind of ended things because of, or during the pandemic, do you think that it sped up what was eventually going to happen anyway? Or, or do you think that if it wasn't for COVID you might still be together? You know, that's a really hard one. I think my my friends would say it was inevitable just because they hate him now, right? <laughs> that's what your friends do for you. Yes. Um, <laughs> we weren't supposed to be living together, right? Because I have this lifestyle where before this, you know, I traveled and I, I moved about. So we were only going to live together for a couple of months. We were going to travel together. I was going to go off and do my own thing for a couple of months. He was going to come out and meet me in Europe. I was going to go back to Colombia for a couple of weeks or months and then rinse and repeat so we were only going to spend you know at the most two or three months together at a time and then that turned into almost a year mm. uh, so was that ending fairly recently then um, like I moved back to the United States in an emergency humanitarian flight from Columbia Columbia's airports were closed so well your home country um, I booked my ticket three days from the day I decided I was leaving. I left in three days and I moved back to the United States in August. So wow. fairly recent. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> so it, I'm curious what it's like to date someone monogamous, like as someone who's not, but I'm also curious if you met that monogamous man, like after you came back, like, has that been new since yeah. August yeah. or? He's seven months. Okay. Yeah, I met him. Just, you're killing that. this pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always, this is why I talk about dating so much because I actually really like dating. We've had a couple of conversations, I think, about dating, you know, yeah. and, and I enjoy it. So I also find that that kind of influences the fact that I meet pretty great people. Mm. I mean, even, even my ex, it didn't end that well. I feel like I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed dating him, you know, up until, of course, it was terrible when I left sure. but I mean sure. I mean that it, relationships end you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. so like but I feel like I've been really all the time I'm pretty lucky in meeting just some really great people and I met him on tinder nice <laughs> Dex, the guy here and yeah he's super he's super super sweet I really yeah I dig him <laughs> so so yeah I need to first get out my notebook and pen so I can write down your next answer uh -oh. <laughs> But what is it that you find enjoyable about the dating process? I, and how did you how did you get to the point where you found it enjoyable? You know, I always have. So I think it kind of goes along with my personality. You know, I actually recently was talking to my coach and she was like, some people, you know, want to know how you find confidence. And I have confidence, but I don't know how to tell you that because I just 
kind of have it, right? So I, in some ways, it's like, I, I feel like I'm unrelatable because everyone wants me, not everyone, but you know, like you want the, yeah. you want the six steps to, yes. you know, right? I do, yes. <laughs> yeah. We all do, we all do. But I think for me, the way I try to look at it is I try to never think of dating as the means to an end. Like I am not trying to, even when I was monogamous, right? I wasn't trying to find someone to settle down with and, you know, picturing my wedding on the first day I met them. (laughs) I look at a date as a date. My first date is the beginning of an adventure, right? And then look at it like, this is an adventure. I'm going to meet somebody new. Maybe he's cool. Maybe she's not. I don't know. Right. So I, I always try to look at it as this is the first day of an adventure versus the first day of the rest of my life. <laughs> With this one person. <laughs> right. You know, we, put, we, we, our culture, put so much pressure on dating. Mm-hmm. And like, even, even, even sometimes what happens is we, we go on a couple of dates and all of a sudden we're in a relationship. We didn't talk about it. We didn't decide that's what we want, but we had went a couple of dates. We started to sleep together. And now he's my man. <laughs> but why did you talk about that? Is that what you want? Did you decide this together? What's your relationship going to look like? Did you talk about these things? We don't do that. We just like go on these dates and we think this is it. It's gotta yeah. be it. It's gotta be it. Yeah. It's probably not. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's fair. Um, I am curious because you said like even when I was monogamous. So I'm curious um, about how long you've been polyamorous for. I met my partner in Berlin, Stefan, in August of 2016. And I would say that was the beginning of my my journey, though I had been in some um, open relationships initiated by me, you know, before that, but I didn't really know that's what they were. I didn't really know that's what I was doing. But oh. when I met, but when I met Stefan, I was traveling the world and I was in Berlin for a month and I met him just a few days in. And, um, you know, we went on this really awesome date. We had this great fun and we're getting ready to kind of wrap up. And he says to me, so I'd really like to see you again. I was like, okay says, but I need to tell you a couple of things first. He says, I don't do one night stands. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> that's, awesome. that's good to know, right? I mean, I'm only there for a month, so okay. <laughs> do you do one month stands? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Five years later. But, you know, but I also, he, then he said to me, but I also don't do monogamy. And I was like, I don't know what that means. You know, so then I just asked him a million questions and he told me, he's like, look, you'll right now I'm seeing like six women. He says only like three of them are in Berlin. The other ones are long distance. I just see occasionally, but they all know that I see other women. They, you know, they, they kind of know who each other is. And, and, and he just kind of told me all about it. And my mind was blown because of course, everyone's heard of cheating. Everyone know, you know, but yeah. I didn't even know that this was like a thing, oh. mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I never, and it wasn't until I was actually in the beginning of trying to practice polyamory that I even knew that that was a word. <laughs> and that yeah. was like another year mm-hmm. later, you know? So, but like dating him for that month, and I, I count that as from the beginning of our relationship five years ago, like dating him that month and then I kept him, you know, I mean, we kept talking, we've stayed in touch. And then I kept on, you know, traveling. I traveled the world for another nine or 10 months and went all over the world and did all kinds of fun things with lots of other people, but he was always there. And then when I moved back to Berlin, 
which is a great place to learn how to practice polyamory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I moved, <laughs> we settled back into this relationship and we've just kind of been doing it local and long distance since then. Wow. So, then I was 2016. I thought about this earlier so I could tell you. I was 44. Okay. When I started that journey. Oh my God. Interesting. So, yeah. So do you like, because, and you mentioned that you've, um, you know, in Berlin, apparently being polyamorous <laughs> is a thing. And yeah. I know that you are pretty well-traveled in general. Have you noticed specific differences in, in dating and, you know, whether it's better or worse, because there is definitely a perception Everyone has that their city is the worst place to date. <laughs> Everywhere else is so much better. So what is your take? Um, where I am now, it's really bad. Oh, <laughs> actually, yes. I mean, knowing sort of the region you're in, I, right. I have heard that. Right. Okay. I'm in the Northeast of the United States. So I'm in the Northeast of New York and it's, it's just mm. not. Okay. Kind of it's kind of small townish. It's kind of, you know, I'm really having a hard time finding and connecting with a polyamorous community. Even okay. a, I would be happy to meet some swingers for goodness sakes. I mean, <laughs> I can't even find where they're hiding. Interesting. <laughs> I would have thought that these suburban pockets would be like, you know, and I feel like they are hiding. I feel like they're yeah. there. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. but I think, and I have dated all over the world. I have been on Tinder all over the world, but I, for me, Europe was, probably in particular Berlin because I spent you know almost two years there um it, it was pretty great oh, you know, it's very great. open you know everyone but the thing is that people are open people are honest I mean Germans are really direct in, in general I mean I know it's a stereotype but it's it's true you know yeah. so if you're having relationship conversations or you're learning about each other everybody's just up front they're direct this is what I want this is what I'm looking for this is who I am wow what you know. this is like not computing in my brain <laughs> when I think about because my experience is pretty limited to not even just North American but like very Toronto specific and then mm -hmm. you know it, it's not super direct so yeah. that is interesting and disheartening but it's better <laughs> I'm it, it, curious if you if you find that there's challenges with dating someone that's monogamous or if you think because there's not much else going on dating wise in your area you're able to make it work because like when you're there you're able to be with them like how how has that been going it, it's a little bit of both those things like mm -hmm. sometimes it's exhausting because we talk about it a lot and the other day he just said to me I really just we've been talking about this a lot lately I would just love to have this summer set and let's just have some fun you know <laughs> <laughs> because what we do and like he had never even heard of polyamory either you know he had never even had an open relationship you know and he's I've, I think I put this on one of my Twitter posts the other day my, my tweets the other day like don't I, I have underestimated him a couple of times where I thought for sure like one time he was going to break up with me and really he just wanted to readjust some of our agreements and, and he was like, he used big words. He was like, and then, you know, I think we should talk about some of these boundaries. And I'm like, boundaries? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was, and it was great, you know? And, and now we've kind of even come to the point where, um, where he doesn't really want to date anyone else. You know, we're in love, so. Um, 
but we have agreed that we could if if the need arises arose arose yep arose we could have a do not uh don't ask don't tell kind of oh, sexual yeah. encounters and then we just have an agreement that if either one of us ever met someone who we went on a few we, that we actually kind of liked more than maybe just a you know quick sexual encounter that we would talk to each other before we actually started having sex with someone else in that category mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we would we would just let each other know and then just kind of see where it went mm. so he's he's come pretty far from I can't I mean the beginning the first when I first met him I also started dating another guy for a very short period of time and like he completely backed off he didn't want to have sex with me I mean he really you know he so he's come a long way from I'm not double dipping so to speak <laughs> <laughs> to well let's just don't ask don't tell this part and then we'll talk about this part you know so he's come a really long way but it, it's a lot of conversations it's a lot of readjusting agreements it's me being willing to have maybe some agreements that I might not have been willing to have in the past you know like what uh, well like just the you know talking to him before I would continue to go on a couple of dates or before I would have sex with someone that I really liked oh you know with my other partners um well Stefan and then you know in the past my other partners uh I would tell them after someone start our agreement was to tell someone kind of after something started to become something oh, like hey remember that nice, guy okay. went on a date the other day remember that date I went on Friday night well you know I've been seeing him for like three weeks now so this is who it is and this is yeah. what I'm doing mm-hmm. you know so kind of having these conversations up front I've not really done so much in the past but you know as you mentioned it is also you know there's not a lot of other people that I'm dating right now I spend a lot of time with Dex it looks very monogamous it looks very relationship escalatory you know yeah I'm helping him with the garden he's putting up my my patio umbrella you know I mean like You're like just the suburban married couple. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm okay with that because, you know, it really is just working for us right now. So mm-hmm, it's fine, yeah. you know. Yeah. What, um, and maybe you can't answer this, but like what is his end game with this? Because he's not polyamorous. I, like is the idea that maybe he will be? So yeah, I'll let you answer. Yeah, I know. I can't shake my head on the podcast. They won't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> he wants ride or die, live together, get married, and live happily ever after. And like one person. Yeah. He wants so what? I guess. I guess what I'm wondering is what is his, this? Sounds so bad, but like, like why is he even involved? Right. Why is he uh, con- continuing this mm-hmm. with you, knowing that? Because I'm wondering. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously. Fair what enough. a great answer. <laughs> you know, I've asked him that a couple of times, and he's just like, babe, what we have is really great, and I love you, and we're just going to figure this out, you know? Oh, okay. And, and we've even had the conversation that, you know, we probably will break up, and we know that we'll probably break up. Mm. But he feels confident that, and I feel confident, but I, I'm glad that he has the confidence to know that if we do break up, I'm never, it's never going to be because of lies. It's never going to be because of all these horrible things. It's just going to be because one of us has met somebody else, and the other person isn't able to 
sustain mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if he meets yeah. somebody, let's face it, if he meets somebody else, she's probably going to be monogamous and I am, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, so, so either one of us meets somebody else. I don't know that he'll be willing to share me with someone who I want to have a similar invested love relationship with. Right. I don't know that, you know, he could do that. He's having a, he's coming around to the sexy relationship a little bit, but I don't know that he'll be able to, or want to have, you know, be okay with me being invested in someone else in a similar way that I'm invested in him. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I'm curious because you kind of, you said earlier that you've always sort of enjoyed dating, but then you also talked about your philosophy of like, not looking at it as like a means to an end and just enjoying it in the moment like do you think that part was always true or do you think that that is something that grew with you over time like is that how you felt say like 20 years ago like not a means to an end like even when you were monogamous were you like not a means to an end let me just enjoy it or is that something that you think polyamory like brought you I'm curious I think polyamory helped me to understand that about me but if I look back, yeah, absolutely. But I don't think, you know, when you, when I didn't know anything about polymer, I didn't know I was allowed to be this person. I grew up very strictly evangelical, right-wing, religious. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm writing a book about this, by the way. Well, we I don't want you to it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, but, but like, that's it though. Like, you know, if you don't have the context, if you don't have the word, you don't have the experience, you know who you are, but you don't always know how to view that in a way that's not even just judging yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So, I mean, I, I didn't even really date anybody serious till I met my ex-husband and I met him when I was 38. Oh, wow. Right. And I, I hadn't really had any serious, I mean, I had guys that I dated that I guess I kind of thought I was serious about, but, and I think honestly, the reason I married my ex-husband is because I was 38 and it was a <laughs> time, you know, yeah. but you know, <laughs> I, I, that lasted until I was 42. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. Very quick. Mm-hmm. So with those, with those ages, I mean, we, like we see on Twitter a lot that like, I mean, dating is awful across the board, but it's extra hard when you're an older woman and things get worse. The men get worse. Everything's worse. Um, (laughs) And I mean, clearly you are dating successfully. So what are your thoughts on the difficulties in dating when you're older? Or do you, do you think that there really are those extra difficulties? Well, I probably should add the caveat that um, Stefan is five years younger than me and Dex is 11 years younger than me. Uh, respect. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I date men my age so much. Okay. <laughs> so it's I fair. don't know if that, like, I don't, so I can't tell you if that's a thing, you know, like I, I, I have my own personal reasons for not doing that, but mm. I think, I do think as you're, closer to my age you know there's a saying that you know with women in their 40s like they're like the prime the best of their lives right we have stronger sex drive we have more confidence in ourselves you know like so I think all that is true and then what I think culturally this is just off the top of my head I think culturally we even though we think older men are sexy we also think older men are in decline and mm. women are in that prime while he's in his decline 
and there's like a there's like a little bit of a cognitive dissonance in there you know that's so interesting because I feel like most people most women that I know don't necessarily they might feel like they're in their prime at that age but they don't think that they're viewed that way like a lot of women I feel like as they start to get older they're like men on you know dating apps only want women in their 20s like they're not looking at people you know 30 and up 35 and up 40 and up like whatever the age that they are it's like they (laughs) seem to think that it gets very challenging at that point so that's interesting to hear like so my advice to that would be date younger men Mm-hmm. And I think like one, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I am all for that, but I, I know that one general concern with doing that is that those guys aren't going to be serious or they'll just right. do it like to, kind of like as a bucket list experience. Mm-hmm. So do you find that they're dating younger can still have, like can introduce you to guys who are serious about relationships? I mean, look at Dex. He's 11 years younger than me. Mm. He's 37. I just okay. gave you all my age. And he turns, <laughs> he turns 38 the day before I turn 49. Nice. Um, and he's dead serious. Okay. You know, he yeah. totally wants to be. I've you know. found, I mean, I'm only in my 30s and I have even found like if I try to date my age and above which I used to think like would be better maturity wise like, you know, for some of the reasons that sure, HPV was just saying but I feel like those men are very jaded. Like I have had better luck with like the 25 to 30 age range of men the last year or two, because I feel like they're a bit more laid back and like open-minded. Like anytime I've had a guy get rude to me because I don't like respond to him fast enough or just stuff that's way inappropriate. (laughs) It's always been someone that's like at least 34, if not older. And that like, kind of went against what I thought was true of like you know women mature faster than men that's why women should date older men like and yeah I even though you know like I said I'm I'm only currently in my 30s but I the last couple years have had much more luck with you know a few years at least two or three if not a few more years younger than me yeah yeah my ex-husband was 10 years older than me Mm. So, I mean, this is still a relatively new, you know, situation for me too. I started, I left uh, him in 2015 and I started, you know, traveling the world in 2016. That's when I met Stefan when I was 44, you know, and and it wasn't until then that I started dating younger men. Up up to that point, I always dated older men too. But I feel like as I came into this person that I am today, and as I came into this level of like a whole new level of confidence, partly my age, partly you know, leaving my ex-husband, leaving all those expectations of who that person was supposed to be behind and just really becoming who I am, you know, traveling the world mostly alone, you either have to be confident or you have to just go hide under a rock and never leave, right? I mean, you don't really have a lot of choice. I feel like as I became that person, then I became also, I don't know, it's like more desirable, okay yeah (laughs) you know I don't know like you know because I think confidence is sexy and I don't think that um that matters what age a person is Mm -hmm. and I don't think that someone looking at you matters what their age is either confidence is sexy Mm, you know so if there's a way to cultivate that in you then it just makes you you know makes you just feel good about yourself but when you feel good about yourself then other people feel good about you too I think yeah that makes sense 
For sure. <laughs> one one thing that I personally find sort of, because I, I do tend to initially go into dating being excited. And I remember like talking to you about it when I started yeah. my journey. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's that novelty. And then what tends to happen with a lot of people is you go on like a bunch of mediocre dates with people who don't ask you any questions and are oh, bored. like they yeah. suck. And that, you know, at a certain point, it's hard to stay excited and confident when it's when it happens so many times. So oh, right. what what's your advice for staying positive, even like after, you know, shitty date after shitty date occurs? <laughs> Be pickier about who you go out with in the first place. Mm, that's good advice. Yeah. Go out with people who are interested in you, not just because you think you should be going on dates. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of these guys just want you to fill up their time and their space. Right. If they're Especially not asking, these days when yeah, they have nothing right? else to do. <laughs> yeah. well, exactly, right? And if they're not asking you questions on Tinder or, mm-hmm. you know, KQ, whatever, they're not going to ask you questions in person. If they're yeah. not asking you questions, stop talking to them. I find though, like, I don't know about you, but I find a, a bunch of guys seem okay in the messaging and they, you know, they can find it within themselves to be witty or maybe ask a question. And then in person, they fall flat. Is there a way to figure that out in advance? Mm. Like, are there signs I should be looking at? <laughs> uh, I don't because know. Because it's that, like, that's what's so frustrating. Or, or what, what do you look for when you are in the messaging stages with the guy? I don't spend a lot of time. Oh, okay. I do, like, prefer to meet as quickly as, not as quickly as possible, but I, because I find that when you're, start, when you're messaging too often, someone gets bored. Yeah. Me mm-hmm. or them but someone's getting bored and it's just going off to the wayside because they can't sustain that level of, you know, banter necessarily, you know, for a long period of time. So I try to meet somebody pretty quickly, which I think also helps mm. eliminate that because if I meet you right away, I don't have a whole lot invested in you. Yeah. And, you know, and I have a cu- cup of coffee with you or an ice cream or a walk. I don't have dinner with you the first time. So mm. I don't have to spend two hours if you are dead. Um, yes that is a lesson I too have learned along the way no (laughs) meals on the first day exactly I mean sometimes sometimes you know like when I met Dex he came to my it was was pandemic times he came to my house after we both had quarantined for 10 days and we had dinner you know and we made dinner and we had like a ton of fun but lockdown dating was just a different ball game exactly (laughs) it's a totally different world so I don't know I think I look for people who are just as interested in me as I am in them Mm. Okay. Right? Like that would be for me, the biggest thing is, are they engaged? Do they, re- do they reach out as often as I reach out? Mm. Do they ask questions as often as I ask questions? Yeah. You know, and if I don't think that they're at the same, like I just talked with this guy and he was all like, Oh, I want to talk to you. I'm, I'm coming back to, to town to see my mother. Uh, I, you know, I don't care if you're long distance. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of time. So you know, like, I'd love to hang out with you, whatever. Let's switch over to WhatsApp. I like WhatsApp. I can tell if I'm getting messages and tell if somebody's still engaged. This is what he said to me, you know, I can tell if you're still engaged or whatever. So we switched over to WhatsApp. We talked for like three or four more exchanges and he never talked to me again. Oh, yeah. You know, and then the other day he sent me a message. I'm back. Uh, what <laughs> yeah and I was like, like you, you're not like some cool superhero like, <laughs> like, come back I was like I, like, I 
didn't know what kind of response I was expected to make to that. Like, I was <laughs> like excited, like, yay. Yeah, that's actually, I've, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> I'm so, like, he was home, he was home two months ago and he, he said hi. And that was all he said. And like, now he's home again. I'm supposed to be excited about this because he can say hi to me. Like, no, he, I'm never going to go on a date with him. He doesn't have the same level of, you know, I'm not even interested now, but <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think, no, that's, that's... I think we sell ourselves short because we think we should be going on dates. We mm. feel lonely. We see other people having these relationships and we think we should, I hate that word, do not should yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, you know, we think we should be doing something. Yeah. So we go on mediocre dates. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, well, before we let you go, this has all been super interesting. Um, really is such a unique perspective, I feel like, but I'm just curious if you have anything else that you think is like worth sharing about dating or any advice that you would give to <laughs> listeners or just any way you want to kind of close things out. You know, somewhere on my blog, I have like five mistakes you're making in dating. You don't even know it. You know, I have read this blog. It is amazing. We'll we'll we'll, we'll retweet it from our account. It is so good. Everybody yeah, I don't know if I've seen it. I I'll need to check it oh, out, guys. But I, the, the basics, like we talked about, you know, don't treat dating um, like it's the first day of the rest of your life with this person. Also, but you do kind of have to treat dating like it's your job. Yeah. You know. You have to, if you're stay focused, do it. If you really, really want to be in a relationship, you can't just troll Twinder, Twinder. <laughs> Honestly, the way people I was just Twitter. about to say, it's not that off. <laughs> so yeah, Twitter, Twin Tinder. Okay. You just can't troll it once on a Friday night every three weeks with your glass of wine because you're bored. Mm. You know, you do have to kind of invest some time and energy into it too, so... Yes, that is where I fail personally. <laughs> um, <laughs> if someone is considering venturing into the polyamory world, what would you say they should really consider uh, in, in terms of whether it's right for them? You have to consider how willing you are to be honest with yourself. Mm. Number one. Interesting. How how willing are you to challenge the norms with which you were raised? How willing are you to challenge the norms the culture around you is gonna to try to keep on you? And then how, how willing are you to work through your feelings? Because you're gonna have a lot of feelings. Oh, okay. You I have know? often heard people say or seen people on Twitter talk about that no one is like more skilled at communicating and describing their feelings than people in polyamorous <laughs> situations. Yeah, yeah, I totally, I, I totally, totally believe that I learned, <laughs> I know we're at the end of this thing already, but like I learned to, to understand who I am and my boundaries. I learned, I've learned to ask for what I need. More than that, I've asked, I learned to identify what I need versus what's just nice to have oh, okay. like I have mm. like, I never learned to do that women don't learn to have needs because we meet needs we don't have needs mm -hmm. you know I've learned to have needs identify them communicate them um, talk about my feelings have boundaries things that you all relationships should have monogamous or non-monogamous right. mm -hmm. but you don't learn how to do them in monogamous relationships because we make an assumption we all know how to do it because everybody does it 
yeah, well, <laughs> which is incorrect. Right. Um, are there any, are, would, are there any qualities in a person that you would sort of see as like a red or maybe even a yellow flag that, you know, if you have X characteristic, polyamory may not be for you. <laughs> if you're insecure, uh, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's okay. I mean, I know lots of insecure polyamorous. But you have to be able to ha combine your insecurity with a willingness to step out of your comfort zone and uh, trust your partner, trust yourself. But insecurity is a tough one because if you're insecure and you, or if you have a la lack, like a, um, if you come from a position of lack versus a position of wealth, you know, I believe there's a lot of love and I have so much love that I can give it out. But if you believe there's only this much love and you can only have it, and you have to take it from that person and no one oh, else, yes. right? You know, then, and that's okay. I mean, lot, we, we all come from different places in our lives based on how we were raised and our cultures and, you know, but if you're, I would say you can be anybody, but you just have to be willing to look at yourself pretty honestly at the end of the day. Yeah. I really like what you said on like, how willing are you to challenge the norms? Because I think in the abstract, we can all say, no, I'm, I'm defying the conventions and I don't <laughs> like them. But like in reality, can you actually put aside 30, 40 years of what's been ingrained? Right. And some people can't and that's perfectly right. fine. Mm -hmm. Right, but sometimes like, you know, I've been doing this, for, I mean, it's only five or five years, but like there's still times when I feel it. Like I feel the, mm -hmm. gosh, I'm, you know, like, like even with, even with Dex, you know, he wants to be monogamous and I sometimes, I still sometimes feel that pressure. Like, why don't I just be monogamous with him for God's sakes? Why don't I just do that? You know, yeah. but that's just not who I am. But I mean, I feel that, that pressure here mm -hmm. to, you know, be that person, conform to that. And it would be easy because that's what I've known most of my life, but it's just not who I am. So I am willing to challenge that and stay mm -hmm. true to me. Okay amazing yeah <laughs> thank you so much for being part of this well anytime i'd love to talk to you guys again anytime thanks for having me so much i appreciate it yeah this was so fun thank you again um and we will we will chat with you later all right talk to you okay. guys later bye, bye. bye. So I really loved that interview. Um, I didn't actually know EL all that well prior to this. Um, I had followed her for a bit. I actually mostly think through our podcast Twitter. So <laughs> I did not know much about her and hearing her experiences and outlook and um, just the, the positive attitude she has towards dating in general, I think was so refreshing and it was really fun to talk to her. Yeah, my God, I love that. I'm still like processing all the wise information that she <laughs> shared with us. Like, I just, I honestly aspire to have her level of confidence and her, you know, her whole life outlook. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. And it like comes through the screen. Like I can't yeah. imagine what it's like to like be around her in person because oh you can like feel that even through the computer screen. So yeah, that was, um, that was a really great conversation. Agreed. And at EL, if you ever want to hang out with us, you know, you know how to reach us. We will come over anytime. You're so free. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've fangirled an appropriate amount over our first guest, um, why don't you tell us about our next guest? 
right. So here with us today in the studio is the absolutely hysterical gift queen who, uh, so who I also met through Twitter. Every single tweet of hers just makes me burst out laughing. She is so funny. I cannot wait for you all to hear all the amazing things she has to say. Uh, hi, gift queen. How are you? Hi, lady. Not too bad. Thank you. How are you? Pretty good. We are very honored that you're spending your evening with us. So as you know, because you are one of our most loyal listeners, <laughs> this is largely a dating podcast. And so I, I'm kind of curious to know what your current situation is or you know, your thoughts on, on dating or marriage, all of that good stuff. All of that good stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> Death for the record. No. <laughs> Great answer. I, mean, I think we can end this interview no. here. Next, yeah, next question. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, look, who wouldn't want this, really? Of course, yes. I want, I want you right now, so you yeah, naturally. <laughs> um, it's just not. You know, I've been open on Twitter. I've been, you know, I was married, obviously, to my daughter's father. That didn't end, but we're, we're good friends. And then I had a very dodgy ex-boyfriend. I've had, I'm 47. I've had two relationships and I've never dated. They were both friends that fell into relationships. So I've never dated. I suppose I was brought up in quite an old-fashioned generation. Um you know, you're kind of, you meet someone and that's the person you're with. So it's got to be that connection. I've never met anyone else really and truly in the sort of in bouts of having my freedom and going out that I've really felt connected with, or it's not been the right time. Um, but I think we were talking about it on Twitter the other day. I can't remember who, who it was with, but I've been quite scarred by more my ex-boyfriend, I think. And I just, my wall is... Hmm. I'm just not prepared to put myself through it. I'm not confident. I I do hate how I look. And I just, I just feel that I'm not, I've always been one of the boys when I worked in London, I was one of the boys rather yeah. than, you know, the girl that I was the one they'd come to and go, Oh, you know, your mate or, you know, you know, mm-hmm. her, how, you know, how can I get her? And it was like, yeah okay it was fun but sometimes you're a little bit like I want to be the one you know mm-hmm. and they're after and this is not a pity thing and it's hard to put it across without sounding like I'm pitying myself but it's I've never been the sort of girl that's had loads of blokes after her so I kind of just accept that I will be on my own but I'm not overly bothered I'm quite I'm very independent I like my freedom I don't like the restrictions of having to consider someone else but that's Mm. not to say who knows I could go somewhere randomly on my one night out a year (laughs) (laughs) who knows nobody knows but I've I've dabbled in the dating acts years ago but you know you know no (laughs) and that was that was like when they first came out and I think you know when I, I first was apart from my daughter's dad and it was just it's still the same now you still get dick pics and it's just like don't you uh, want this no I really don't uh, thanks I, don't, I really don't <laughs> you know I don't know so it hasn't changed in fact I think judging by what we see on Twitter it's got 10 times worse interesting you know and it's I find it if for me I have friends that you know want boyfriends and I just think 
it's sad when you and even on Twitter when you see you know people putting themselves through it I suppose for me I just think I don't need anyone I don't want anyone but I appreciate some people really miss not having someone Um, I just I just don't I don't get it from myself point of view but I can understand why other people do I've been on living on my own for nearly 14 years now I couldn't imagine having to think about someone else you know that's quite scary you know you know putting them in you know your schedule you know worrying about what your house looks like you know I can live I can look however I want I don't have to worry but at the same time there are some days when I do think well it'd be nice to have the companionship for sure yeah overall do you I don't miss it uh, and you you probably you might not know how to answer this and your opinion might change once you're you know actually in the situation but do you think that you're views on that might change when your daughter gets a little older like and you're not spending as much time with her like do you think that might make you think like oh it would be nice to have someone around or do you think it'll be the opposite like oh wow I'm so excited to have like even more time to do whatever I want (laughs) um yeah I think that was a lot of the reason I'm not going to go into everything but she's had a lot of emotional upheaval from the other side I'm not going to say any bad things mm-hmm. but she's had a lot of and I always thought she doesn't need any more and you know and it's at the end of the day it's if I'm not particularly bothered it doesn't matter um and she's I, I can't imagine having a boyfriend and her being around because although she says oh I don't want you to be on your own I still think we've been just us two for such a long time I think she would really I think she'd be jealous whether she says she would be or not because she's just used to me always being here mm-hmm. um it's that person someone else taking you know that your mind off them isn't it but yeah maybe um maybe me and my my best friend who lives in Cornwall we're always both saying that you know we're going to live as old spinsters in a nice cottage <laughs> by the seaside and she's like we'll have a companion but they'll come round when we want them to come round and go home when we want them to go honestly home. Like, that sounds like a of great deal to me I yeah. am into that idea <laughs> I know and I just that yeah we're just like yeah well it but it's on our terms and you know we don't want them to stay overnight out the door you know afterwards <laughs> no hanging around oh no maybe you need, to, you need to hire like a sexy gardener to maintain that <laughs> Cornwall property and that's who you guys can share <laughs> <laughs> no I wasn't talking about living in that kind of situation <laughs> I love her, but she doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but but hire some some attractive like maintenance people for that for that cottage. And yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I'm sure they do. They used to do things. Uh, um, I don't know if they had them in America, but years ago we used to have like a service. It was like butlers, butlers in the bath. I don't know if they're still around. What? And they used to come around and do your, I'll have to Google it. Not locally. It was thing, and they would like dress. It was like a jokey. Well, I think it was, you know, they'd come around and do your housework in like next to nothing. I think it's called butlers or something in the bath. I swear, because my yes, friend, I need more information, and I need <laughs> yeah. to know if there is a U.S. chapter <laughs> yes. of this group and a Canada chapter, and do they accept visa? <laughs> I think if they're not working, they'll accept anything right now. Yes, yeah, during the pandemic. <laughs> so true. I'm sure I'll have to Google it and tell you guys because I did my friends set it up for another one friends of hers it was years ago it was years ago 
But yeah, it might just have been a stripper thing. I don't know. But I definitely remember some <laughs> butlers in the buff. They could just come and do your housework, but dressed in. Or I made that up. I know I didn't make That's that up. That's hilarious. I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> I mean, if this doesn't already exist, I think we have our next business idea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine, though, the, you know, we're laughing at butlers in the buff. But if this was a woman men talking about women dressed as maids it would be a totally different conversation i feel like they already have that though so i'm more like well if you already have this and you know they do i would also like one yeah where is our version of this yeah is kind of how i feel that, yeah <laughs> but, but i do hear what you're saying like if men were on a podcast talking about a service like this we would be like that's gross <laughs> what's wrong with them but yeah oh there is naked butlers <laughs> naked butlers great food naked chefs and butlers <laughs> great food butlers with better. bums butlers with bums well, let's look at that website are there multiple of these agencies is this what you're but- telling me like i have many to but- from can you see that oh you can't see it's too bright i'll send you the little oh dear please do yes please send it I think we it's are... more for hen. I think it's more for hen parties, but I mean, we can make up that it's a hen I mean, party. They'll they'll come to whatever. I don't think they'll be fussed if there's two women or twenty <laughs> present. No, there's a there's a lot of ripped men in that advert. My house yeah. suddenly needs a clean. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my house pretty much always needs a clean, so I'm ready whenever they can when... come over anytime. <laughs> Their next available date. <laughs> See, this is what I introduced you to. <laughs> we will have to post this link to Twitter because I am quite certain that other listeners also want to know about this. Yes, agreed. So, so to close this amazing conversation out, although I do, I do want to hear more about this, uh, butlers and the buff. Um, what I really love is you saying like you are now fine with being on your own like you like your independence you're really happy with your situation obviously everyone could use companionship but you're not like what I love about you is that you're not consumed by this in any way you're not down about being single you're not like when is it my turn I keep trying nothing's happening but like I imagine maybe there was some kind of journey or transition before you got to this point where you're happy so what advice would you give for people who are trying to get to a place where they're happy with being single? Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know. I just, I think I've always been like this even before. I think, I don't know if it comes from my mum because my mum's always been independent. My dad worked away a lot, so she had to be independent. You know, she was on her own effectively. Although my dad was away working, earning money, he wasn't around mm. a lot. So she had to work and bring me up. So and she's, I'm very much like my mum. She's just like men. (laughs) (laughs) I think I get it from her, you know? And I just sort of think that it's not, you've got to be happy on your own. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the world's happiest bunny. I'm a miserable old boot most of the time, um, as my daughter will tell you, you know? (laughs) I'm just, you know, uh, my life is... I'm not unhappy. I do, it's hard, isn't it? I'm at peace with the fact that I'm on my own. Yeah, you're right. I just think it's, it's you don't, nobody needs anyone, man or woman. Nobody mm. needs anyone to make their life better. But if you want, as, more, as one of my friends said, you want someone that enriches your life for more. They, you know, they, give, they give you more. 
you know you they they say right let's go here and do this something you wouldn't have thought about doing yourself it's mm. it's adding to the life you've got isn't it but i don't yeah. think as you say there are some people that it is con- it does consume them but maybe that's how they've i do think it's to do with maybe how you've been brought up and background if you've come from a, a family that's still the mum and dad are still together mm. blah 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 i suppose you naturally you want the same thing it's right. like i don't with my daughter has had her struggles with us separating even though she's you know sees her dad all the time and I always say to her I will never understand what she's gone through because my mum and dad were together I could I will listen to her and I hear what she's saying but I can't go oh yeah I understand why you know even at 17 now you're still a bit upset because I've not been there unless you're in that situation you can't I just think it's trying to be at peace with yourself filling your life with stuff to do so you don't notice it but I do have my pangs sometimes I think even the other day on Twitter I was just scrolling through and people were going out and there was me sitting indoors and I was a bit like it'd be nice to have someone but then then I think of all the oh I'd have to I'd have to start dressing in normal clothes and not loungewear I'd have to start putting makeup on I could I couldn't you know I'd have to get the house tidy I'd have to make an effort with cooking and then all those things make me think no I think what I find um refreshing I guess about your perspective on it is that I feel like you're able to admit like yeah I have those days where I would want that or you know yeah like I go through some periods where I'm like oh that would be nice but you know as HVB said it doesn't like it's not all consuming for you like I think that's normal Mm -hmm. to always want a little bit different than what you have like people in relationships sometimes are like man it would be so nice to like (laughs) be by myself for a while like I think it's normal to want you know, the grass is always greener type of thing, but I think it's refreshing to hear someone be, you know, those days aside, like pretty happy with where they're at and just pretty content with it. Cause you know, even people who are making a lot of effort in dating, it's not always working out. And I think some people it's like their end all be all goal of life. And (laughs) that is like, sad to me to watch like <laughs> not that I don't try to date like I, I was do trying not to say that I go on dates <laughs> but like it like I don't know like I'm, I always think like but what if it doesn't ever work out like are you gonna look back on your life like all I tried to do was this and I right. you know and I didn't accomplish it like I don't know I just it's a little it's a little sad to me so I find your perspective on it refreshing but isn't it like anything it's like anything is it the more you try the less it kind of happens doesn't it you know a lot of the times yeah I I think that it's you know but that's how I view it you know uh, there's nothing to say that I couldn't go somewhere and it'll happen you know out the blue when I met my dodgy ex-boyfriend I wasn't I was in the same place I am now and that totally took me by surprise and I and you know Mm-hmm. the feelings were so strong and that was just you know crap for five years but you know I hold my hands up I should have walked away and I didn't but you know mm-hmm. we live and you know we all live and learn and I think it petrifies me at the same time of having those strong feelings for someone because I remember obviously my daughter was still young so I couldn't see him all the time and then you get frustrated because I think you know I'm the one doing you know I have to think of her first and obviously you put your child first but then you're like oh my god but I deserve to be happy I deserve to yeah. mm-hmm. you know have free time and you know what it's like when you first meet someone you're you are consumed mm-hmm. by it and all the, the, all the texts and then he's like can I see you and you're like I can't I've got to do the parenting thing tonight then you get frustrated and you know and you 
you feel bad for your child that you're feeling that way but you feel trapped because you just think I just want to have a life and I just sort Mm. of think I suppose all those things petrify me enough to think I'd rather as you say if I ever thought about dipping my toe going out there as it were I'd rather she just was doing her own thing Mm -hmm. because I just think I'd rather just be here for her right now I know she's 17 and she's doing her own thing but it's it's hard I just I just think people just need to I believe there's someone out there for everyone I I truly do believe that I've known friends that have been single for so long thought it would never happen and it happens Mm. I might not meet someone till I'm 50 I might never meet someone I think it, 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 it is what it is but I don't as you say I don't think it does you do yourself any favors by thinking about it so much to a point that it's driving you mad it's getting you upset you know and it's quite yeah. it's quite heartbreaking some of the stories that you read on twitter with people who who as you say sarah so i don't want to say desperate because it sounds really horrible <laughs> but so consumed with it yeah and they're not getting there and you know I, I had a friend a couple of years ago and that was that was just everything and our friendship was just based around just her constantly saying to me but why but why because you know her husband had left her had Mm. an affair awful awful situation but all she wanted was to meet someone new but that was her life there was no conversation about anything else it was just constantly you know she was getting anxious it was affecting her mental health she was getting herself so stressed about not meeting someone and it was just Mm. like but don't they say that you have to be content on your own before you can get in that relationship because otherwise it's like a rebound isn't it you'll end up with the wrong person and how right. many people are with the wrong people and rebound we've all been there and I also think it's... that for for better or for worse depends how you look at it dating is probably the one area where the result doesn't necessarily reflect the effort you put in. Like it's very different. If you wanted to get in shape, it's a pretty strong correlation. Like you do the diet, the exercise, you you will get in shape eventually. It just, the time might different. If you want to pursue a certain career path, you do the, you take the training, you get the education, you apply the dozens of jobs, eventually something works out. Like there's a lot of formulaic approaches, but I do think dating is is that one area where it, it really doesn't matter what you do. Like you can increase your odds somewhat by going on apps, messaging more people, but like ultimately it's so random. So I think people can take that as a good thing that maybe I can just take the pressure off of myself and not be obsessed with it and live a great life that I'm happy with. And, and whatever happens after that happens, but it's, um, it's not necessarily dependent on, how much you work at dating yeah yeah but it is also isn't it like some of some people some you know this has been said on twitter before it's also women are also conditioned to might be made and i've i'm not normally one for the feminism and all that but (laughs) there's still that society that thinks women on their own what's wrong with them it's like women aren't allowed to be on their own and be independent i have a couple of friends who i swear secretly think that i'm upset because I'm not with someone it doesn't matter what because they think I convince them too much that I'm okay on my own probably because they ask you all the time but also like they're like don't you miss having someone I was like no and then you know the next minute they'll be coming around moaning about their husband I'm like there you go (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I think that comes from like their own insecurities or their own like disbelief that they 
could be happy alone. Like, I don't think that's yeah. really about you. I think that's more like them not being able to imagine, but, but I agree. I think society views women alone as like, oh, something must be wrong with her. Whereas if a man is in his fifties hmm. and never married, it's like, what an eligible bachelor. <laughs> like, look at the career that he has built. Yeah. And <laughs> it his is empire. <laughs> yes. That so, silver yeah. fox. Yeah. But I, I do I also, um, I do as like, as a takeaway, because I, I'm a super practical person. I like to think about things in terms of like, what's a good, helpful takeaway. And I really like your, well, this wasn't a suggestion, but you said because of you watching your mom, you realize like, you don't need a man. The world will not end without a partner. So I think for, for the rest of us, or for anyone listening, maybe you can apply that to your own life. Like maybe your parents are together, but if you just know of some woman who is single, but is living this great life, she's traveling, she has a great career, she has hobbies, whatever it is, like just remind yourself that there are really cool women out there living great lives without a partner. And I think that can kind of help normalize the situation and not make you feel so shitty about it. And it's family, it's friends, people with brothers, sisters getting married. Obviously there's cultures where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the done thing to get married. And I think these are sometimes, not that we should change views or everything should be respected, but ultimately it's people should be allowed to live, live how they want at the end of the day. You know, it's nothing, it's like there's nothing wrong with not having children. Some women get battered with that. There's nothing wrong with living on your own. You know, it's until we change the views of people about certain things, a lot of women are still going to feel like shit because they're on their own. When in fact, as you say, they're probably amazing women who've got good jobs, can do what they like, mm-hmm. but society or whatever makes them feel, you know, it's, it, it covers so many topics, doesn't it? But I guess, oh, yeah. I don't know. I do think families have a lot to do with it. And I do think your background has to play a part, much as I hate using the the therapist would use. It has to. The environment you're brought up in. My daughter as a kid would always talk about marriage. Now, what's the point? What's the point? Because you only split up. And it makes me sad to think that that's how she views it. Just from what just from even though you know, me and her dad get on, it makes me sad to think she has that view. And she said even in secondary school where, you know, young lads would go out one girl and they'd go out with another. So it wasn't necessarily her experience Mm. with our marriage. It was going to secondary school and boys going from one girl to another. And she'd be like, why? why?" And she'd say to me, why are people, why are boys not happy? She said, why can't they, if they like a girl, why are they not content? She said, so let her know that the and question does not stop. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I am exactly. in my 30s. I am still asking that question. <laughs> but it makes me sad that, you know, she's taken away from that. Oh, I don't want to risk getting married because mm-hmm. what if it doesn't work out? And I said, yeah, but no one gets married thinking it won't work out. You right. know, oh, it, for yeah. sure. It, yeah. You know, if I'm completely honest, then I, I did say to her, I, I had jitters but I just put them down to wedding blues, which you do. How do you distinguish between, oh my God, actually, am I doing the right thing? Or the wobbles, which Mm. is completely normal Mm -hmm. for everybody. When I look back now, me and her dad should have just remained friends like we are now. It should should never have developed further, but it was my first boyfriend. I thought was in love. You you do what you do. And I wouldn't have her if it wasn't for it. And you learn a lot from that at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. And I, you know, I 
we had a very deep and meaningful chat about these kind of things the other night and if I'm honest I feel like I loved my dodgy ex-boyfriend more than her dad for some and I couldn't tell I couldn't even tell you why but you know when you just know how you feel yeah even Mm. though we weren't compatible I just felt despite all these shortcomings that he got me more and I always say that I loved him more than her dad but maybe I love them in different ways because I think you can love people in different ways you can still love two people it's in 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 two in two ways isn't it but that's just my my experience which is very very limited and at 47 the thought of going out dating now you know you've only got to read twitter to think no not gonna go there (laughs) this is what I mean again going on social media when you might be thinking okay right I'll have a crack at this and then you've only got then you go on there and see one negative story and you think no yeah no best not do it so that's that's the downside isn't it instead of just going right I see all these stories but I'll give it a go no it's just it's just too many isn't there to to put you off but there are some success (laughs) stories there's there's I think there's probably more success stories than we think there is we just don't see them People also disappear off of Twitter as soon as they get into relationships a lot of the time. Yeah, so, so I feel like we don't always, we're not always aware of the success stories because <laughs> yeah. we just stop hearing from yeah. people. But, exactly. but no, I think all of that was um, was very interesting. And like I said, I really appreciate that perspective. I think it's very um, refreshing. But yeah, so on that note, um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know I really appreciated everything you said. Um, I feel like I... I'm in alignment with a lot of what you said dating wise, but I think it's always nice to hear from another person whose experiences have been very different than mom. Um, is there anything else you want to close with or say before we let you go? Thank you for letting me babble on <laughs> as I do. Um, no, I just, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. I can't offer any solid advice because really I haven't had enough experience it's just it's just my views got two weeks time I could be twittering oh guess what I've met the handyman we've fallen in love <laughs> if the oh, butlers and away. the buff came yeah. over and there was just an instant spark yeah. <laughs> well, well I look forward no, that... to those tweets <laughs> where are all those decent men I don't know they must be hiding somewhere yeah right? clearly <laughs> if I find out I'll let you know because I have haven't found out yet either (laughs) (laughs) with that we're gonna let you go thank you so much for being a part of this thank you for asking me yeah this was great um we'll have to do it again sometime so um I also have followed gift queen for a long time and you know always found her very funny but She has mentioned on Twitter, you know, not dating super often and stuff like that, but I really enjoyed the chance to actually kind of dig in with her to her thoughts on dating and her outlook on being single and being a single mom. I think it was a really, really refreshing perspective from someone that's very just comfortable in who they are and comfortable with the way their life looks and doesn't stress too much about the dating world <laughs> because yeah. like, that's often different than how many of us feel in our you know personal friend circles the things we mm-hmm. see on Twitter like I just think it's very a different perspective and one that is um, much needed and good to hear I would say yeah I, I really love talking to her because I felt like she had 
this amazing balance of being so positive and so real and so chill at the same time. Like she's just this, like she has this perfect package. Like I wish I could just be that relaxed and chill about everything. I am the farthest from chill ever. So I, I, I really like that. She's kind of like, you know what, this is life. I'm taking it day by day and I'm enjoying it in the meantime. And you know, like she, she's, but without being overly perky and, you know, annoying. yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think even some of, you know, the thoughts on, um, parenting and stuff like that, like even some of the things she said about her daughter and like, oh, I wish she didn't see relationships like that, but you know, mm-hmm. hopefully that'll change. Like there didn't seem to be, you know, an excessive amount of stress there either. Yeah. It's just like a very, like, I thought, you know, well-rounded, like big picture view of just life and the way it works and, you know, things kind of going up and down and just taking it as it comes type of thing. So that was really nice. Yeah. Why you, like, she was just so honest and upfront and I love that. And, like just even acknowledging that having a kid does make dating harder. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel guilty about her. Like, I just, oh, I just love her honesty and she's so funny. I, I, she, I really love talking to her. Yeah. Same. So for our last guest, we have Evie Veronica with us. Um, I was super excited about this one. Uh, I mentioned to her at some point, she was one of the first kind of people in the dating Twitter world that I followed. Um, But she has had such an interesting experience dating over the last few years um, that she's very open about on Twitter. So it was great to hear some of her perspective. Um, We had a lot of good questions for her and she was just so fun to talk to. So we are so excited to have her and welcome Evie. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for being a part of this. We are very, very excited to have you. I have so many questions for you. (laughs) I feel like you're one of my like first follows from like the dating Twitter world. I don't even know how I found your account, but I feel like I followed you for a long time. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Since since I joined in like January 2017, I think I've known you. Sarah and was Hart. that what it was that is wild what is yeah. what is time <laughs> after that but yeah you guys are like my OG <laughs> OG Twitter right here <laughs> so where so you've you know you've you studied sexology um obviously from your Twitter, you, you know, you have sex, like you are (laughs) a sexually active person. Has, do you feel like throughout your, throughout your life, has this kind of always been a topic of interest for you? Or would you say this developed later on for you in your life? Um, I think it was probably when I got to university. So like I, I started being sexually active when I was, when I was very young and was certainly, like I, I got into uni when I was 16. Mm. Oh, <laughs> fancy. So, um, so I was already like pretty young when I, like I was, I think I was 17 when I um, decided I was going to focus on sexology. So, you know, that's oh, wow. really young. Yeah. Yeah. So basically from 17 to now, I have really had that as a focus in my life. And even in my current job, uh, you know, it's something that I really tend to focus on and 
think is very important. Like I think sexual health and sexual well-being is really important to everyone's life because everyone's uh, a fucking horny bastard. Like <laughs> it, it does not like, you know, from, from the moment puberty hits till people die, <laughs> they are interested in sex. So I think for me it's really important to be like, why is it such a taboo subject like why is having sex why does that make you a certain type of person just because you have sex or how many people you have sex with or how you have sex like it's weird to me that that's the case yeah and one of the first studies I did when I was in when I was in uni was I did a disruptive experiment where I and I was like 18 at the time and I walked up to like 20 random men and I just said will you have sex with me? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so it was meant to be, you know, a disruptive experiment. It's meant to be about like shocking someone into, into a reaction mm. and not one person turned me down. <laughs> <laughs> but every single one of those men, when I said to them, like when I pulled out my notebook after that, um, when I said to them, would you have respected me afterwards and would you have contacted me afterwards, they all said no. And they all said that they thought that me asking for sex was a slutty thing to do. And I just, like now that I'm in my 40s, and, you know, online dating and things like that, I realised that nothing much has changed. <laughs> Men have just gotten smarter. They really yeah. have. They have gotten smarter in how they approach treating women like sluts and, and being disrespectful to us. Like nowadays, I know you see it all the time, online dating is the same in America, Canada and Australia. <laughs> them they write in their profiles they say you know just have something fun and casual that is the older <laughs> man way of I don't want to call you the next day and I don't want to treat you with respect yeah. uh, and and it's just fascinating to me you know that that's uh like a 20 over 20 year difference in my experience but it's exactly the same thing yeah but do you yeah. feel like there's value? Because I think there's one hot topic of debate, especially on Twitter, <laughs> is should you sleep with someone early on when you start dating them? Like on a first date, is it a good idea to have sex? Because then they might lose interest. And people fall in both camps. I will admit I'm on the more conservative side with this. I'm like, I think you, if you like them, you want to actually date them. You should mm. wait because they're not going to form the attachment to you that would make them stick around after sex. But I realize that's a very controversial way of looking at it. So where, where do you fall on that? See, I wish that wasn't a controversial way of looking at it. I wish there was no controversial ways of looking at it. I wish that everyone's approach could be respected. Mm. Like I, I think it's perfectly, I think people, people need to do what they want to do with their own bodies. Whether like if you're like someone is entering your body, you should have absolute 100% control over when and how that happens. For me personally, I love sex and it's a very important part of me being attracted to someone. And so I want to have it as soon as possible. (laughs) as soon as possible, because for me, if that's not good, if that's not clicking, mm. if the guy kisses 
weird or something like that. Like I, I just know that I don't take it any further and I don't want to have wasted like three to five dates on someone who kisses funny like or you know our genitals just do not are not attracted to each other <laughs> like yeah um and and so I yeah like for me it's just like we, we should be able to do what we want and for that not to interfere with the potential for a relationship or um potential for being dumped because you're waiting too long or or any of that kind of nonsense it should yeah anything should be cool yeah, I'm curious because that's your perspective. And I would say I probably lean more towards your direction. Like if I'm if I'm feeling into someone, I would rather know sooner rather than later. Like if that <laughs> chemistry is there and yes, with the weird kissing and just, you know, <laughs> there's some people that you just don't have a sexual chemistry with. And I, I want to know that if I if I feel like I could be into them. But I'm curious because you're so pro doing it sooner. Do you ever have men say like, oh, I want to wait a little longer or is it still oh. kind of like that experiment? <laughs> like are men always just like, okay, like if you say so. <laughs> yeah, men always want to have sex. In my experience, men always want to have sex and they will, like I could rock up to a date with a paper bag over my head <laughs> and they would still want to have sex. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they do not give a shit like (laughs) I mean because like you know I've been on so many different dating apps dating websites I've been on you know I I consider the conservative dating apps to be like Bumble and Hinge and stuff like that where everyone plays nice and that's all well respect each other um and then I've been on the hardcore sex hookup sites like adult friend finder red hot pie fuck buddy all those ones I'm loving these names (laughs) I know adult friends um you know where you know everyone's so much more upfront and in a way I prefer the hardcore sex ones because Hmm. there's really no bullshit um people are there for a reason and everyone gets directly to the point but um yeah, like I don't have my face on any of those hardcore sex websites and I still get guys saying, you know, hey, want to hook up? And it's like, you don't even know what I look like, man. Oh like, God. And that's the other thing that I, you know, find so interesting about those hardcore uh, sex dating sites as well is that most of the women on there are older women, like, like my age, 40 and up. A lot of the men on there are 40 under. And oh. let me tell you, those 23-year-olds message you <laughs> like, and they do that to everyone apparently. They're like, yep, don't care, just want the experience, want to get laid. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, do you find that those, those guys who are younger than you are good at sex? Because I am not opposed to dating younger, but one just – I idea I have in my head is that they're just not going to be that great in bed so I'm like what's the point like they're, I, I don't want to have to teach them anything I always recommend going younger <laughs> <laughs> but then like you know uh, you know being in my 40s I don't actually really want to date a 26 year old like you know like I maybe I could have sex with them but they look like little bubbers to me now like I, you know <laughs> I quite do it um 
experience, you know, when I was younger, when I was in my 30s and having sex with with men in their mid to late 20s, they were all <laughs> really this is yeah, sh- really- yeah I always assumed they would just suck <laughs> no all right no. I wish <laughs> up- let me update my okay being uh, <laughs> <laughs> age range to from 31 to 46 like I will, I will go 10 years younger and I will not go 10 years older forget that I mean that's like most men so I see nothing wrong with that they'll yeah, go like exactly. they'll go like six months older than them and then like 15 years younger and then I'll be like I date women older than me like I'm <laughs> yeah. not just dating women younger <laughs> um I'm curious like how you would describe like your current dating situation. Like, are you seeing anyone? Do you describe yourself as polyamorous? Like, how do you, what would you say is going on for you right now? Um, Well, at the moment, I would say my dating life is like being in a morgue. (laughs) 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 Many dead bodies surrounding me but not a lot of action going on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, so yeah, so where, where I live, um, we had really no COVID problems. So I was dating all throughout, you know, what like lockdown for you guys, all of last year was normal for me. All of this year has been normal for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's just because like I'm very comfortably in my forties now, but it definitely is a lot more grim than it was when I, you know, first started out dating again after marriage at 37. Um, I, you know, I really struggle with dating. I really struggle with it. And I always have ever since I was younger. I don't feel like I fit very well into relationships, but I really crave having one. Like I like the security of being with someone and I like love obviously like it's wonderful to be in love and to have something like have someone to do things with but I I don't live well with others and I don't like being mm, smothered (laughs) I suppose (laughs) Um, like to talk about my feelings ever um so I really relate to you Sarah on that one it's like (laughs) So being in a relationship is very difficult for me, which is why I like, I like non-monogamy. Non-monogamy works for me because I know that I can't be everything for another person. Like with both my ex-husband and my ex-boyfriend, they were very social people. They needed someone to talk to a lot. And I just can't give that to someone. Like I, you know, talk to me for an hour and I'm like, goodbye now. (laughs) Yeah. So it was always, you know, nice for me to know that they could get that need met elsewhere, mm-hmm. um, get my alone time. So that's why I have always encouraged non-monogamy and it feels like it's the right fit for me. Um, yeah, I, but there's no one even to be non-monogamous with at this point. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I mean, fuck, non-monogamy is really, it's just a different kind of shit sandwich to monogamous relationships. Like there's no right or good way to have a relationship with someone. You know, monogamy, there's 
there's always issues of there's still issues of jealousy, insecurity, doubt, all of that kind of stuff. You get those exact same things in non-monogamous relationships. It's it's not better. I hate it when mm. like people are like, well, you know, this is how people get their needs met and blah, blah, blah. No, no model is better than the other. It's always just down to like two people in that relationship and working out what's best for you and what you can what you can live with. I have struggled with non-monogamy for sure. Like, mm. you know, when my boyfriend would go out and not come home at the time he was set, said he was coming home at, oh, fits of rage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really appreciate that honesty because I do feel like there can be this perception that like, you know, if you have problems, just try non-monogamy and it'll, you know, it, it removes the jealousy and the whatever. And I like you admitting that there are still problems that come with it. Like a lot of the same problems, really. Absolutely. One other, um, like switching gears a little bit. So I know that, and I assume it's okay to hear this, you were a sex worker. So I'll, I'll let you explain, like, are you still doing that? What was, you know, how did that come about? Well, yeah. So basically after I separated from my husband and I got onto dating apps at the, you know, late in my late thirties and I'd never done it before. Like, you know, I was, I was in my relationship in my early twenties. So the whole dating app world was so new to me. And, you know, at first I loved it. Uh, you know, I think like everyone, the first time you go on, it's like, wow, there's so many people out there. Like you, you make a lot of matches, you chat to a heap of guys and you're like, this is good. <laughs> and then you quickly, so quickly realize that it is a pile of steaming shit that, yep. <laughs> that yeah. is, it's, and it's just so many guys wasting your time and, you know, being so fucking demanding, like send me pics, send me pics. <laughs> Fuck off! Like, I, I literally, I was like, I, I have a job. <laughs> you know, I say to guys, I was like, you know, I, I have a job. I can't. I, I don't know why you want me to send you a pic at one p.m. on a Wednesday, but like, I, I don't have time for that, bro. Like, so it was, it was really that that frustration I went you know what if they're gonna waste my fucking time they can pay for it so so I I joined up with Seeking Arrangement it's a you know sugar baby uh website and like okay Seeking Arrangement full of shit I get that they're doing this probably for legalities but they say there's no pay per meet and you know we're not about sex work we're about mutually beneficial relationships oh. lies 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 oh my god <laughs> yeah it's lies, mutually lies. beneficial to have sex and you give me money for yeah, it okay. <laughs> we yeah, have exactly. both benefited uh, every every single guy on there was like so how much do you want like before i could even <laughs> ask them how what? they are yeah like every single guy on there is like hey so like uh what are you uh, what are you what are you expecting? What are your expectations? And it's like, <laughs> it's like a I salary negotiation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that was like, you know, I called myself a sugar baby, got onto that website. Um, and you know what it, it's actually for me with my attitude to sex and also my love of cash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really, um, I, I, I found it really great. Like, 
you know, it. I didn't always find it great. There were mm. some guys that I was just absolutely not attracted to at all and it felt like work, like having sex with them did feel like work and I didn't, like I can't say like, oh, I really enjoyed that. Um, but then they would give me money and I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. It's like, so I'm uh, just curious um, yeah. if you're still doing that or if you have stopped, like what made you decide to stop? Because I'm not going to lie. It sounds like a pretty sweet deal to me. The way you so. um, I, I did stop uh, because I got into that relationship, the young lover. And, uh, but also, also because I couldn't keep up with the fucking laundry. <laughs> you, you do not, you do not know how much laundry you have to do when you're a what? sex worker. It, the laundry but like their laundry <laughs> like, or your laundry well like washing your sheets fair <laughs> could you just go to their place no, they, were all, they were coming to my place you know a lot of people who want to see a sex worker are married or in a oh, relationship so, I see um so yeah so they were coming to my place and, and you're just like, because your house has got to be nice and shit, so you're always cleaning your house and you always oh. got, to, got to do laundry. Honestly, like like I said, I had a job at the time as well. So it wasn't like my full-time job. Um, and so it was, just taking, it was just taking up too much time. In terms of the logistics of how these exchanges went down, like this, this is what's always fascinated me how did you decide beforehand like I guess what you would do with them and and how did you ensure that you'd actually get paid um a lot of the what you would do with them is decided in the messages beforehand Mm -hmm. so part of like the screening process is of course asking you know what do you like what do you want to try um a lot of men will contact a sex worker for a specific purpose because they they want to try something new like you know oh, I'd like to try being tied up or whatever um so you figure that out beforehand and forgetting you know for like pay me pay me um <laughs> as, a, as a sugar baby uh you know it was always just whenever they want to give me the money um usually at the end for me but you know other sex workers um you know where it's more like they're they're full-time job sex workers will ask for the payment up front you know Mm. in an envelope kind of thing I think you just negotiate that with them in the messages beforehand so then by the time you get face to face it's not awkward Mm -hmm. it's just like you've got a series of rules to follow when you meet face to face and I I guess that sounds good in theory but maybe because I am a very very cynical distrusting person like how do you know that that like they'll follow through like that they won't try to go beyond your boundaries that they won't try to stiff you afterwards yeah you don't you don't that's that's yeah that's the risk um that is involved with sex work for sure okay I'm curious because you were mentioning just about ages and stuff and you mentioned that you were in um like a relationship for most of your 20s and and a good amount of your 30s also so what like just what was that like like not just you know in terms of sex work specifically but just getting back into dating after such a long time like were you still I I think you've mentioned before like kind of maintaining like a friendship with your ex-husband like what was 
that all, like just what was that time period like for you and how did it kind of change the way you see dating I guess over time um so my ex-husband and I were always like don't ask don't tell kind of non-monogamy throughout our relationship um and yeah I totally gave him the best dating years of my life regrets <laughs> uh, so, but we decided uh, you know, before before we separated, we decided to just be more open and and to try, you know, more open polyamory kind of thing. So we had that really nice period of having a lot of fun with seeing each other's dates and talking about each other's matches and stuff like that. And it was, I suppose, because, and this is another thing that, you know, couple privilege brings, when you're safe in a relationship, dating is not really like it's not such a big deal like Mm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's like you you know that you still got someone to go to that fancy restaurant you want to go to or go to that concert that you want to go to you've got such a security net when you're in that relationship that you know dating as a single person is so so different um, especially dating as a single person when you actually want to be in a relationship and you want to find love, like, right. mm-hmm. like a know, like, point of dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like, you know, so for that first bit of dating and the first bit of dating after we separated, um, and we did not separate because of non-monogamy or polyamory. It was something so far removed from that. But um, so for that first period, like I said, it was it was like really fun, really nice. But yeah, then you move into this other period where it's like it felt so different. Like I like I'm definitely still one of those old people that's like, well, back in my day, we used to meet each other in person. <laughs> 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 and I always thought, like I always thought that. I was the most unattractive person because like when I was going out while I was married, like going out to bars and stuff like that, no one was coming up to me like they used to when I was in my early twenties. And I was like, Oh, I've gotten old and disgusting. Like no one's interested in me anymore. And then I found out that it was like, no, that's just not how people approach each other anymore. Like, you know, Tinker came in and then everyone stopped talking to each other in public. And I really get it. Like Tinder is, is low risk, you know, mm-hmm. like if someone doesn't message back, it's not someone rejecting you to your face. It's not yeah. that harsh and mm-hmm. you get the wider pool of people to speak to and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, for me, it was just like, oh, fuck, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I was so confused by every dating profile, you know, how they like, <laughs> every guy seemed so angry to me. It was like, oh, <laughs> I, if, if hype matters, <laughs> I'm not going to follow your Insta. I was like, why would you want to follow my Insta? My like nobody asked Insta. you to follow my Insta. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I didn't know what Snapchat was. Like, I literally had no idea. I mean, the first time I got an unsolicited dick pic, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was really like, oh. And then, you know, like um, I was still with my ex-husband at the time and he's like, oh, we've got to take a picture of your pussy. You've got to send a picture of your pussy. And I was like, what? I would never send someone a picture of my 
pussy are you for real that is disgusting anyway fast forward four years and here I am with an OnlyFans but (laughs) that's the evolution I've been through (laughs) my god so what so with um with the sex work and dating combination do you Mm. feel like well a do you feel like you're obligated to disclose that you did that uh and yeah and if so why because I know this is sort of another hot topic where you know people say if you do sex work then it can impact your dating chances later Mm -hmm. on because men might not want to date somebody who did that yeah um no I I personally don't feel like I need to let people know that other people have given me money for sex (laughs) um because I, I'm honest about my sexual history. Like, and I think that that is, I, I don't even think that that is necessary. Really, it's, it's mm. sort of no one else's business. Um, even if you want to start a relationship that, with that person, no one needs to know how many people you slept with in your past or, you know, the ways in which you had sex with other people. That's, that's your personal business. I think that if you are honest about your sexual health history, that that is important. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything else is something that can be private to you. Me being the type of person I am where I literally can't stop words coming out of my mouth, um, I always tell people, like, you know, I'm a self-proclaimed slut. I I own that. (laughs) I, I like that about myself. I don't want to hide the fact that I enjoy sex and that I've had sex with a lot of different people. Um, So I'm always very honest about that. But whether or not I tell someone, oh, yeah, and some of those people, a small portion of those people I had sex with also gave me money for it, you know, I might not tell everyone that. But I certainly have told a couple of guys I've been with since then. My ex-boyfriend knew. Mm, Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. Was that ever an issue like with any of the people you told? Do you feel like it changed no. anything? Okay. No, not at all. Nice. All right. I think they were like, you made how much? Just <laughs> No, I'm like very Which much. Which is the right attitude, I feel like, for, you know, yes. them to have. But that's good to know. I would honestly have expected less from men. Like I would have expected more men to have an issue with it even though I think that's ridiculous but um I'm glad actually to hear that it wasn't a big thing to them yeah Yeah. and I also now want to do this myself (laughs) (laughs) so you would make so much money (laughs) I I better I better (laughs) I am just curious like I guess what your kind of current thoughts are around dating and like where you see things maybe going for you over the next like so at the beginning of this year um I decided that I was going to give myself until the 30th of June and then if I hadn't found someone that I had made a connection with that I would delete the apps like I would delete everything Mm and just move on with my life as a single woman. Um, and obviously we're coming up to the 30th of June. <laughs> yes, what a timely and, question. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yep. And um, 
and it's not looking good. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but I don't know, like I, you know, I'm just like everyone else. I delete the apps, I get back on, I delete them, I get back on. And it's, it's definitely that FOMO, you know, it's just like, well, if I'm not on the apps, how am I going to meet anyone? Like, you know, um, so I, I just, yeah, so I, you know, I read, I would really love to delete the apps and just be happy being by myself. But I suppose I have typical middle-aged person thing where it's like, I don't feel old yet. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm ready to be put out to pasture and just <laughs> like, yeah, only, only be friends with my vibrator. Like, <laughs> I feel like you know, it's just, so it's just really, really hard. So yeah, so I don't think I I don't I don't actually really think I will find anyone. I think it's I I think I am <clears throat> not really gonna you know I'm not gonna get that Prince Charming happy ending or anything like that. I'm really trying to focus on other things in my life that make me happy. Uh, but um, yeah, I just don't know if I can delete the dating apps. I I just keep thinking if you delete them and then he signs up. But then, like what then? Oh, totally. I think that's a really, I think that's a solid, healthy attitude. And like, what I like about you and your, just your general vibe is, I mean, we joke about how terrible men are and how terrible dating is, but you do seem generally positive and in a good, healthy place. And we don't always see that with some of the people we all know or on, or, or on Twitter, there's some bitterness so how, what do you think has helped you not totally veer into bitterness territory? Mostly medication okay. and anti-anxiety <laughs> medication. Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I, look, I am a big cheerleader for if you have uh, anxiety or depression or any mental health problems to just get yourself to a doctor and get yourself on medication mm. because it is so good for you. Um, I know it doesn't work for everyone, but, you know, I had to really try to get a good fit mm. and in the end it was worth it. So it's definitely that. Also dating Twitter has really saved my life. Like, and I've said that on Twitter before so many times, but yeah having that community of people going through the same thing has has just been incredible for me because because like I said like I don't have very many female friends in real life and the ones I do have are all in relationships they're all all married Mm -hmm. they have no idea what I'm talking about you know when I try to talk to them about dating it's like they want to live vicariously through the single person um and but they don't they cannot relate So, yeah, so just getting that, those good connections, I think has has helped me stay cheerful. Like I, like, I know like it's terrible, but when someone has a real disaster dating story on Twitter, it makes me feel so much better. Oh yeah. (laughs) It just just makes me, you know, like some of them are really funny. Some of them, obviously some of them are shit, but yeah, just, just knowing that it's like a, a, a worldwide experience and that, it's not just me like now I know that no. for sure right yeah. like when you're younger you go it's me I'm the problem I yeah. I'm the reason why men don't like me 
but dating Twitter has helped me realize that it's definitely not me. I am, <laughs> <Yeah. definitely, laughs> I, I am not the problem. No, it's definitely the men. It's definitely them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great note to end this on, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so fun and I hope we can do it again. Is there anything, any last thing you want to share about dating or just anything on your mind before we go? No, just that I'm so happy I finally got to see you both and talk to you in real life. This has been so fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> We loved having you. Yes, we would love to do it again sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely would love that. Wow. I don't know about you, Sarah, but that was eye-opening. One, because I'm now considering a new profession. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I just, I loved that conversation so much. Um, And... I just think it was, she does such a great job of being just so open and to the point and there's no beating around the bush. Like everything (laughs) is what it is. And I really, I felt like I really got to know her in that interview. Like, I feel like if I saw her in person, it would be like, we were friends, like Mm -hmm. like immediately. (laughs) Oh, I I hope so too. I would like want her to be my friend. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, just like, I love her honesty that about, yeah, non-monogamy is hard. Being a sex Mm -hmm. worker is hard. Dating when you're older is hard. Like it just, there's so much realness, but without Mm -hmm. getting into pitying territory, you know, she does not feel sorry for herself at all. And she's so comfortable in her own skin. I I love that. And I loved the answer of, um, you know, like, how do you feel like you stay this positive? And she was just like medication. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I just, I appreciate when people can be honest and say like, I can't do this alone. Like, you know, I needed yeah. to seek some assistance to feel this way. Like, I just think that's a, a really positive um, way of being. And I think being that open about stuff like that will hopefully help other people, you know, feel comfortable thinking about that in their own life or being more open about things they struggle with or things that are less than ideal. So yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Thank you even for normalizing that. That yeah. was really refreshing to hear. So I think that about wraps things up for today. Um, like we said, we really, really enjoyed this episode. We've been so excited to release it. So we hope that you all enjoyed it as well. I personally feel like I just got three amazing therapy sessions talking to all of them. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like each one like broadened my perspective in a different way. Like I almost felt like emotionally exhausted after each conversation but like in a good way like in like a, oh I have a lot to think about now yeah kind of way. <laughs> I know I mean little do they know we just we, they probably thought they'd be doing a fun little episode but meanwhile we're like oh my god you're helping me so much thank you <laughs> we for this really episode. just brought you all on for three free therapy so thanks <laughs> yes. for falling for the ruse but um... <laughs> I know I I'm still like absorbing everything they said I oh god I loved talking to them so much I feel like such a fangirl for all three they were incredible um so if you too want to offer us some free therapy at some point (laughs) um feel free to reach out to us on twitter or you can send us an email at love life and liquor podcast at gmail.com 
And we hope to do this again soon. And if you want to follow any or all of our guests on Twitter, uh, and you really should because now you see how amazing they are, you can follow Gift Queen at at it's underscore just underscore me underscore GQ. And if you want to follow E.L. Byrne on Twitter, she is at E-L as in the letters. So E-L-B-Y. R N E one and Evie Veronica can be found at my second single life and second is two N D. So at my second single life, uh, they are all incredible. They will spark up your feeds considerably. So follow them right now. Agreed. And on that <laughs> note, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.